Welcome to Life from the Hip. I'm master esthetician, spiritual hypnotherapist, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created this show to help you to help and love yourself by taking what resonates with you and making it your own. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me interview amazing souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping others in their own unique way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. During this troubling time, I am being reminded of the illness that I survived. To my loyal listeners, I know that you are already savvy to my story. But to those that are just tuning in now, I too was once quarantined with a rare life-threatening blistering disease called pemphigus vulgaris. And although it was not mandated by the government to stay inside, it was indeed by my doctor. Most people with PV, as bad as I had it, spend their days in a burn unit and try not to die from organ failure or sepsis, as well as other infections they risk contracting in a hospital. So for six months, I quarantined at home. There was no going outside, not even on the patio. I could not see my friends and was limited to healthy family members only who cared for me. I observed life through a window, and I lived through the memories others created on social media as my life stood still. And unlike many of you quarantining right now, I was in extreme pain, so much so I could not partake in the joys of life, like exercising, reading, cooking, dancing, or even just relaxing. My days instead consisted of crying, bathing in bleach to keep staph infections from forming all over my body, being slathered in Vaseline and bandaged from head to toe, standing hours on end because the pressure of sitting was too painful on my skin, which lay covered in open lesions, lying on ice packs to numb the pain to be able to sleep, trying to consume foods that would not irritate the open lesions in my mouth and down my throat, and really just surviving. I was isolated in a body which seemed like penance, yet I had to push on. And as many of you are experiencing right now, like myself once again, my business also suffered and had to shut its doors. The difference though between then and now is that during that time, other spas and hypnotherapists were open and could potentially take away my clientele I had worked so hard to build for many years. But I had to trust it would be okay. I had to trust that I would be okay. Despite the pain, despite the way my body looked, despite what doctors were or weren't saying, despite the burden I was putting on my loved ones and my child, I did not know if this was how I was going to leave this life, and ultimately I had to come to terms with that as a possibility. And so I finally came to a place where I surrendered. I surrendered to divine timing, to a belief that my soul indeed signed up for this, and that there was a message in this for me. I chose to seek opportunity in the illness because I knew there was still so much more life that I wanted to partake in and so much more I wanted to do for others, including my daughter. Again, I didn't know if and when I would overcome PV, but I can honestly say I did feel the moment there was a switch. I went from feeling this heavy burden of fear to this uplifting shimmer of hope. The day my body aligned with my mind, the day I chose to finally heal, this was also the exact moment a love for myself and my life and all things in it held strong, and when I trusted in a purpose for me living which had not been revealed to me yet. A man whose teachings resonate with me after being ill, and right now, are those of Austrian psychiatrist Viktor Frankl. Here's a man who had everything literally stripped away from him, including his life's work, yet he was able to survive Auschwitz. Frankel, who scrambled to write his new manuscript on hidden scraps of stolen paper, realized that the key to surviving Holocaust camps was to have hope in the future and a purpose in living. Frankel used his wife, Tilly, to get him through the torture, the cold, and the starvation, despite not knowing she had already died. Even with his own struggles with depression, he urged his fellow prisoners to replay their wonderful memories in order to make life worth living again. He affirmed that a positive attitude was essential to surviving the camps. And after surviving Auschwitz, Frankel developed his theory of healing through meaning called logotherapy and published one of America's top 10 influential books, Man's Search for Meaning, which not only recounts his horrific experience in the camps, but also outlines his theories which helped him to survive. Frankel believed finding meaning or purpose in life is the primary and motivating force in all of humankind to exist to want to live. He felt that the meaning of life also lies in taking responsibility for ourselves and other human beings. 
Frankel emphasized that everything could be taken away from us humans except the freedom to choose our response to a situation. He said, when we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. We have the power to turn suffering into accomplishment and achievement. I felt inspired by Frankel's story to attempt to offer you help in navigating through this great time of despair. Maybe you can apply Frankel's teachings to this COVID-19 pandemic, those of finding purpose during this hardship, enduring the suffering through purpose, choosing how to respond, and choosing how to show up for others. Today I have invited Dr. Kim Garland on my show to elucidate her professional expertise in this current time of uncertainty. So stick around after this quick break. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure once again of having transpersonal psychotherapist, Dr. Kim Garland on my show. Hey, Kim, thanks for being here today. Hi, Sakura. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you taking time out of, out of your busy schedule. Sure. Yeah. So do you, rem- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you remember when you first heard about the virus? Yeah, it's actually an interesting story because it involves you. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> Go right ahead. And, and- Right. So we, we may be sharing the story together, but, um, it was actually when you and I were chatting and you were sharing with me, you were a little bit annoyed with yourself because you had spent most of the evening feeling like you wasted time looking for masks on Amazon (laughs) and you're sharing that story with me and you're like that darn virus. And I remember when you said that to me, I'm searching in my head for some sort of memory of you being sick or like, what does she mean? The virus? I mean, is she sick again? What is this? I don't understand. And, you know, I kind of had a blank look on my face because typically I just allow people to tell me their story based, right. based on how it unfolds. And so I didn't say anything. And I think at one point you must have looked at my very blank face, a non-reactive. I, and, I think um, the expression was, are you living under a rock? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, you're like, what, what planet you are you on? Right. You're like, haven't you heard about the virus? And I'm like, the vi- I have no idea what you're talking about, right. but virus. So yeah. yeah, that's when I, that's when I found out about the virus. Okay. From me, yours yeah. truly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, so as the virus grew, what did you notice? And then how did you respond? So, um, you know, you're, you're pretty much on top of things. And so you, <laughs> you, because of your you know presence in the media, um, you were the first one that brought it to me, but then it didn't really, really snowball until several weeks later, as more and more people came into my world, whatever, whether it be clients, friends, or family, um, they came into my world and started to talk about it. I'm not on social media. I'm not, I don't follow news. I essentially, all the information that comes into my field comes in from my very personal level. Um, so it started to show up more and more. And then I had to get emails um, from various, you know, whether it be um, like stores, you know, like whatever stores I've shopped in, um, uh, really anywhere, any, all these emails started to come in and the the subject line was always COVID-19. And so more and more was really penetrating on a very personal level, my field. And um, then it, then it really hit me hard. Um, and at some point I really felt like I needed to, uh, you know, again, being a very private person and in private practice, I don't market, I don't send global emails. You know, that's not right. my, that's not my purpose here. Um, but at some point I felt like 
there was something within me that felt like I needed to respond to the people in my field. So um, I can share with you the response that I sent to them. It's a little bit long if you'd like. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and do that. Okay. So this was an email that I sent out um, that really kind of shares how I was trying to articulate. And really, I'm glad you started with Viktor Frankl because, um, you know, when, when I think about his book, Man's Search for Meaning, um, it's a really powerful book because the way he does it, it's, it's, it's a very small book. It's only about 200 pages. He wrote it in nine days. And um, it really has two components to it. One was his own personal experience of being in Auschwitz. And then the second was the themes that, um, that came from that experience. Mm -hmm. And I found that I found that to be a very powerful way of his teaching. Um, and so I think that kind of informed how I approached, um, my response out because the emails I had been receiving prior to that didn't, didn't really resonate with how I show up in this world where, you know, I'm going to tell people how to be safe, or I'm going to tell people what this means for them. Right. Um, that's not really how I see myself as a teacher in this world. Um, so this was, this is how I was felt the most authentic way of doing it. Um, so here it is. Thursday was a very strange day for me. It is hard to put into words how I was feeling. It just felt like the ground underneath me was different, less stable, almost like I was walking on a dissolving surface. When I received the email from the school district that schools were closed for six weeks due to the coronavirus, I wondered if this was what I'd been feeling. I wondered why the dismissal of the school could be the source of this unsettling feeling. I went to yoga and noticed the class was sparse with only five other yogis. Our teacher started the class with a breathing technique intended to calm the nervous system. I was surprised to feel, feel tears rolling down my face. I was even more surprised to feel my hands move almost without conscious thought to my, th my lap cupping together, creating a bowl. I felt as if I were holding the planet in my hands and then this intense love and pain were flowing through me. As we moved through the yin poses, my mind flooded with memories. I entered a massive hangar. My eyes quickly attempted to adjust from the bright summer light as I passed through the heavy metal doors. I felt it before I could see it, dark and heavy. My eyes focused on the scene that laid out before me. Thousands of bodies, almost all African-American, were spread through the facility. I wanted to turn on my heels and head out to the sun. I had not expected this. I moved woodenly through the rows and rows of cots, blankets, and pillows set up in a makeshift station to comfort the Katrina victims. The faces that did look at me were blank, even hollowed. As I moved deeper into the expanse, my mind was screaming, what the hell are you doing here? What could you possibly offer to help? You have a PhD, not an MD or an RN or something deep inside continued on. The deeper I moved in, the quieter the screaming voice became. The shock moved to wonder as my nervous system adjusted. That's when I saw him. He was around three years old, pushing relentlessly on the arm of an older woman. She sat unmoved. I came closer and saw several other people, presumably family members sitting or lying down, all still and quiet. I bent down to him and he immediately grabbed onto me. I looked at the woman and asked if I could take him with me. She nodded a yes with a slight sigh of relief. Deep towards the back of the hangar were stations of donations. There were food, clothing, blankets, and what I'd hoped to find, toys. Table sat nearby where I'd placed several toys, creating an impromptu activity center. Not long into our play, several other kids joined us until there were dozens. They'd lost everything. But to those kids, having this time was everything. And for me, that meant everything. But to these kids, having the playtime was everything. To move past my inner fear of this unknown, and opened wonder, which led me to opening my heart. This brought me to a memory just over four years prior. I was driving to my office, listening to the radio when breaking news interrupted, saying a plane had crashed into the World Trade Center. I felt myself go cold. I pulled to the parking lot and walked through the college campus. The grounds felt frozen. The few people I saw seemed absent as they shuffled to their destination. I detoured from my office as a school psychologist and headed to the commons. The space was filled with the sound of a massive TV 
centered in the middle of a room jammed with students and staff watching in horror at the live scene of both towers on fire. I scanned the room and witnessed the frozen terror and confusion of those faces. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw a huge plume of smoke fill the screen and it felt to me as if the smoke rolled through the room as I heard screams ripple throughout. I waited, I watched, I was filled with compassion as I moved through the room saying nothing and knew my presence was enough. Um, I think you need to take a break so yeah. I can pause right yeah, there. Yeah, I want to come right back into that. Yep. So everyone stick around for more Love from the Hip. The veil is a line between physical and non-physical realities, between spirit and matter. Listen in to Go Beyond the Veil, an exciting new show every second Wednesday of each month from 2 to 3 p.m. In this engaging and informational jam-packed radio hour, hosts Sakura Sutter and Rory Reich interview folks who make a living crossing the veil, assisting others on their journeys of healing and self-discovery. Drawing from their own experiences, Sakura and Rory have come to realize how challenging it can be to understand it all. So they will ask the hard questions to not only reveal more truths and clarity, but in an effort to make spiritual sense. They hope by offering you, the listener, a resource where science meets spirituality that you too can finally put your skepticism to rest once and for all. So join them as they go Beyond the Veil. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try BrioTech, a collection of sprayers from 2 ounces to 8 ounces. With this bundle, you can have BrioTech Topical Skin Spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations? Redness? Post-procedure sensitivities? Get BrioTech Topical Skin Spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A dot com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. Hypnotherapy helps you discover and explore deep, sustainable life changes. Let Sakura guide your communication with your unconscious mind. Rid yourself of negative behaviors, fears, pains, and emotions. Weight loss, smoking, childhood drama, chronic pain, and much more can be addressed. Begin healing now. Just $100 for the first session. Learn more. Sakura Skin and Mind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A Skin and Mind. Bring out the healthy way of thinking you didn't know you had. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And feel free to email me at sakuralovefromthehip.com with your comments, your questions. Let me know you're listening. Today on Love from the Hip, we have transpersonal psychotherapist, Dr. Kim Garland, so Kim, I know that you were you have more to share with us, but because of time constraints, thank you for sharing what you have. Um, yep. Was it difficult to send that email publicly? <laughs> yeah, that was. It was really. Uh, I actually remember when I hit send um, to um, to that who I sent it to. I was shaking because it was a pretty um, exposed and vulnerable form of communication. But the intention of sending it was in very much the same way we're, when Victor Frankl wrote his book, which is to be able to share wisdom through direct experience. Mm. And that typically is a very personal and vulnerable, um, uh, you know, it's grounded in that. But, yeah. No, and I yeah. like how you said earlier, because I feel the same way that I'm not necessarily telling people what to do. Right. I'm right, just yeah. sharing my experience and hoping that they take whatever resonates with them. So. Yeah. And that's really, that's the intention is I send out, you know, to me, I sent out the stories and embedded in them is what it meant to me, which was, you know, my presence is enough. And, you know, my nervous system was wanting to send me in the other direction, 
but just because I trusted that I showed up for a reason. So, you know, that was kind of embedded in the intention of sharing that very personal story. And yet it was still open enough for people to take from it whatever they whatever they needed to take from it. And I think that's great to share as well is the process, right? The process of all of this on on our own journey dealing with COVID and where we came from. Like, I'm not saying that I didn't have to deal with fear. And I did. And, you know, when I when I was telling you, I was looking on Amazon for those masks. I had no idea why I was doing that. You know, that was before there was like this mass hysteria. And I even wanted to go to Costco to stock up on things. But I'm like, why would I want to do that? What, where, right. I don't even have the room to do that. But right. why would I want to do that? So, right. yeah, I think we all are, you know, in different places and then have to like, go back. Right. We have our experiences to kind of put us in a place. Well, and that's, you know, that's really the point of experiences is they are very personal and and they are opportunities for us to increase our consciousness through our own, for our own way of dealing with whatever events show up in our life. Mm-hmm. Even if the event is as global as it is in this way, I mean, I see, and I've seen so many um, attempts of leaders or guides or coaches, or I mean, Pickett, I've seen so many attempts to help. And I'm not saying they are not helping, but I see the attempts to help by making it, this is what this is. This is what this means. And my personal approach is, um, it means something that's based off of what you want it to mean. Mm -hmm. It's really about you utilizing this event as an experience to help you know you and who are you. Right. So let's get more into that. So clearly there is a physical impact of this virus, but what about the psychological impact? Um, you know, the, when I think about the psychological impact, again, that comes back to what is it going to be for each specific person? Um, when I work with people, I typically use what I call a line model. And that line model is meant to help facilitate a process for you to be able to make sense of what it means to you psychologically. So yes, I recognize that at least, you know, I haven't seen this statistic lately because <laughs> I don't look at it, but I, you know, there's a, let's say 2% of our population is impacted physically, but there's going to be a much greater impact psychologically. The question is, how do you wish to deal with it psychologically? And that is definitely a personal experience on how you wish to do that. Okay. So how would you apply the line model to dealing with fear or anxiety? I mean, these are normal things that we're going to experience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and just like what you had said, like you, you've had your own personal experience and, you know, quite possible we can take this line model and you, you can run it through yourself as a way to how to use it. But essentially the line model is, um, and this is on my website, which we can share later, but essentially what I have people do is I take a piece of paper, draw two lines down the mi- in the middle of the paper um, horizontally. And then now you have three sections in this. In the middle part, that's just called the line. And I label that as mindfulness. And in there, in that region, it's just curiosity, wonder, and neutrality. And then there's below the line, which is survival mode and how, and that's an external locus of control. That's really where you're mostly moving um, from reactivity. It's when you're perceiving there to be a threat. And then you have an above the line, which is more thriving mode. And that's more of an internal locus of control. And that's where you have choice and consciousness. And what I do is I have them fill out um, in those specific regions emotions to help um, provide them clarity on where are they at any given point, Hmm. because it's very important to know where you are when you're making a decision. If you're below the line, you're in survival mode. It's, it's not that you should never be below the line. It's just matching, you know, it's matching the, who, how you are relating to your environment. If you are, truly being threatened, like if someone's running after you with a knife, it's appropriate to respond from below the line. It's appropriate to respond with your survival mentality or fight, flight, freeze. And so you're going to want to know like what's happening in my external environment that is, is imminent 
and I mean imminent danger, right? So some people might say, you know, the virus is imminent danger, but that's where I would really work with people to say, is it imminent danger? Once you have assessed the threat level for you personally, you can then say, am I in imminent danger anymore? Then I can release this below the line by utilizing mindfulness practices. So for example, anger, fear, frustration, grief, judgment, criticism, shame, I mean, the list goes on mm-hmm. about the emotional states that are um, representative of being below the line. And, and so- it's a very important area to be, again, if you are in survival mode, right. because you're relying on those resources that that um, habituated um, response to a situation to say, I am not safe. And therefore I need to protect my physical body because I don't get to actually have a thriving experience if I'm dead. Right. So I really need to make sure I'm alive. The problem is that our world has in many ways enmeshed egoic safety with physical safety and egoic safety is how do I what is my identity? So am I the role that I'm attached to? I'm a hero. I'm a victim. I'm a perpetrator. I'm a mother. I'm a this, I'm a that. So we tend to attach the protection of our roles, the protection of our ego tends to become enmeshed with the protection of our physical safety. Hmm. And so the application of this model is really to help you differentiate between um, actual physical threat and, and psychological threat. And that's really what I'm, what to me, the psychological opportunity here is the process of differentiation so that we all can live a more sustainable, thriving experience that we can, and in that we can live our greatest potential. And, and when you find yourself below the line, so when you find yourself, let's say, so let's use let's use the mask example okay. as a way to apply this model. So something triggered you that made you go look on Amazon for masks. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, I, I think it was just well, it was fear. <laughs> okay, but did you read something like what? Oh yeah, it, it was definitely what was going on in China for sure. Okay, so do you have a relative in China? I do not. Oh, so how did you find out about it? Just on the news. <laughs> okay, so okay, so you were out on the news, mm-hmm. right? So, and you hear this story about this virus that's killing people, right? Is that right? Yes, is that how right. it unfolds? Uh-huh. Exactly on okay. social media, and so it triggered. Mm-hmm. Yes, right through social media. Okay, yeah. perfect. And so it triggered you, and then what came up within you is. I am, I am, I need to protect myself. Yeah. It was more of a needing of being prepared. I need, okay, good. I need to be prepared. So, okay. That's really good. So, so here's the first thing is imminent danger. And what, what, again, it's, it's very specific. So for you, you said, I see a virus coming. I feel like I'm in imminent danger. What do I need to do to protect myself? Mm Mm-hmm. And when, so that to me is the correct application is that you perceive the situation as truly something that's going to threaten your life. And so then you go on to Amazon and you start looking for masks. And what did you, what happened? Oh, they were, the the price was gouged. I was like, forget this. This is not worth that. Right. And And then I, and then I had to kind of like go back into myself and and say, no, I'm going to be okay. Right. I was okay. I'm going to be okay. So what's interesting about that is, you know, let's say you go back, you go on Amazon and you see that there's price gouging and there's scarcity of resources and whatever's happening. And you might get even more angry, yes. more frustrated uh-huh. and project more judgment on what's wrong with this world. Right. Right. So when we're in survival mode, what we will do is we, we can create a downward spiral for ourselves. Right. Now, I like how you threw the brakes on when you said, pause, let me reassess my initial conclusion that I am in imminent danger. Mm-hmm. That's a mindfulness practice, Okay, which is, is that actually true? And, and you could say, well, I, I don't, I'm not sick. 
Right. And I don't know anybody that's sick and I don't. So, you know, you kind of sat with this uncertainty and in this uncertainty, you reminded yourself, wait a minute, I have been through illness before I have direct experience. Let me remind myself I have knowing within me. Mm. And I reeled it back and I went for the line. Exactly. And that is the line. So can I interrupt you right there? Because we're going to have to take another quick break. But everyone stick around for the weekly skinny as well. On this weekly skinny, I would like to discuss goosebumps. Coined in 1859 to describe our skin, which resembles that of a plucked goose, science calls goosebumps an involuntary body response. So do goosebumps serve a purpose? Scientists explain that although furry animals have practical reasons for goosebumps, like insulation against the cold, as well as to make their fur coat bigger in fight or flight response to danger, humans do not. Humans do not have enough body hair for these piloerections to have an insulating effect. So what is their purpose then? Is it to make your hair grow faster? Although that was the belief centuries ago, this is not the case. Scientists believe that goosebumps are actually an evolutionary holdover from our prior ancestors who were not only hairier, but also did not wear clothes. They kept themselves warm through an endothermic layer of heat that they retained immediately beneath the hairs of their skin. And goosebumps reset this layer of warmth by temporarily raising or lowering these hairs. Our invention of clothes made this endothermic layer of heat no longer useful for us. Today, scientists explain that goosebumps are an involuntary response to hormone surges caused by changes in emotion or temperature. Do these aesthetic chills, or as the French call it, frisson, really serve no purpose? After all, we can experience them in a fight-or-flight response when we are cold, when we are in shock, when we are inspired, when we are aroused, when we are receiving an intuitive hit, and even when we are listening to music. All of these seem like an indication, if not a way to measure what it is we are feeling, and to the extent of how we are feeling it. Is it truly involuntary then? Or maybe it is just a subconscious reaction of the skin, which is way more voluntary and in control than we can imagine. Men, care for your skin properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers their Gentleman's Groom Clinical Facial for just $120. Designed for your rugged skin, a deep cleansing clinical facial is like a one-two-three punch to wrinkles, age spots, and problem skin. Tame those brows, ears, and nostrils. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A SkinAndMind.com Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And if you were just joining us, today I have the pleasure once again of having transpersonal psychotherapist Dr. Kim Garland on my show. So Kim, I like how you're using me as a model, so I hope that you would continue with this. <laughs> I like using you as a model. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. Um, okay, so what where we were at was just kind of following for you. The trigger that started it for you was when your social media brought you to the news and, and then there down the hole you went, which then brought you to Amazon, right. which then brought you down deeper into the hole of frustration and judgment. So again, we look at the trigger and the trigger is what activated this downward spiral. And one of the things that I really work with people on is the closer and closer you can recognize you're getting triggered, then that's your ability to kind of slam the brakes on and hit a pause. So one of the things I encourage people to not do when they're below the line or do or not do is you don't act, react or respond once you're triggered. You don't analyze when you're triggered and you limit contacts to others unless somebody can hold the line for you, which would be, you know, like a therapist or mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, has that kind of neutral position. And then you go for the line and the line is that pause of curiosity and wonder and neutrality. And so as we were using your story, as we were talking about how you just are spiraling, spiraling, spiraling until you kind of hit your, you know, limit and then said, wait a minute, what, you know, I have been ill before I have been, I've been looking outside of myself. The trigger came from outside of myself. This is what I mean by an external locus of control, right? I was looking outside of myself to 
inform me to be informed. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was looking outside of myself to protect myself through this thing called a mask. And, and here I find myself even more stressed out and more afraid than before I knew that. Right. Right. So that's where you kind of rein it back in. And, and again, it's not, you know, it's, it's not about shame on anybody for having any external contact with the world. There's no shame in that. Every, again, everybody gets to have their own unique experience on how they want to be in this world. What, what it's about is, are you tracking yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you paying attention to how these things impact you? And do you choose to continue to do that? You know, as you did, you're like, I'm spiraling down. I'm spending a lot of time doing this. This doesn't feel really good. Right. Let me slam my brakes on and let me go back inside to my own inner knowing line and say, what do I know for myself? Hmm. I know that I don't need to hoard things. I don't. Maybe somebody else does. Again, that's their journey. But for me, Sakura, I you know, I have had direct experience of being isolated. I'm really glad you started with that story. You know, I've had experience of being isolated. I've had experience of not being able to work. I've had experience of uncertainty. I've had experience of having some sort of illness that I couldn't control. Mm -hmm. And through that direct experience, I have gained wisdom and let me utilize this in this moment. Right. And that's right. really applying the line. That's where you go into your own wisdom. And that's the difference between an internal locus of control, where I look inside of myself for the information in order to inform me on how I want to deal with this situation. Now, is that also how you would recommend dealing with all the information that we're being bombarded with? So yes, yes, in that, in that same thing of um, track yourself, so consider yourself the subject of your experiment called your life and both be the participant of your life as well as be the scientist of your life, be the observer of your life. The whole line, the whole mindfulness line is about invoking your own inner scientist to observe you and how you are responding to this thing, this world that is your life that you are participating in. And so when, when you watch yourself, when you find yourself going on social media and somebody says something, go check this out and you follow this link to this link to this link, then down the rabbit hole you go. It's keeping your observer saying, how are you feeling now? What does this feel like? I feel like I'm scared. Okay, I know I'm below the line. Oh, wait a minute. When I'm below the line, what are those things I don't do? Right. I don't act, react, or respond. I don't analyze and I limit contact to others. Wait a minute. Do I want to continue to bring myself on this journey? Maybe I do. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I don't know. Maybe I do, but I'm tracking myself. As I go down, I go down, I go down. And you can go down, 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 down until you decide to stop. So it's not. So for me, it's not like, oh, don't do that. There's no shame in whatever you're doing. It's, it's, are you tracking yourself in how you are relating to this? And, and you can choose, you can choose to get off that roller coaster if you want, mm -hmm. or you can continue. I call it data collection. Actually, when, you, when you're getting <laughs> triggered, you're like, that's a great time to do data collection. <laughs> You know, and this, and even in this whole time, this whole time of uncertainty, yeah. even for myself, I am, I'm like, my scientist is on full mode. I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. There are you observations know? everywhere. Oh, absolutely. And I'm just, you know, for me, I'm making mental note. I'm making hand notes to myself about, oh, I noticed this, you know, like <laughs> when I met to metropolitan market and got yelled at because I crossed the line. Yeah. <laughs> to, to go and bring my cart to somebody else. I was like, Oh my God, you know, like that really triggered me. So I'm keeping my observation on, I don't know what this means for me personally yet, because I am still in the experience. Right. Right. So I'm just gathering data right now. So I like how you mentioned not to shame. Cause I think there was a, a piece of that for me too, as to like, I'm not doing my normal exercise routine. In fact, I have no desire to do <laughs> yoga, <laughs> virtual yoga, or anything like that. I'm just exhausted. Yeah. And, and I'm allowing that to be okay for right. myself. Yeah. And again, that's, I think that's 
that's a beautiful way for you to respond to yourself. I'm, I'm, I'm also the same. Um, you know, this email came from going to a yoga class and I noticed, you know, like this moment of like, oh, when I got the email from the yoga studio saying, you know, they needed to close down because they were required to close down. But, you know, we can go virtual. And I was appreciative the virtual was an option, but I also found myself not really interested in virtual, which for me, I just made note to myself, which was, oh, I really notice how much I value being in the physical presence of other people when I do yoga, I enjoy that energetic space. And so I make note of that for myself. Mm. Like, oh, I find that important. Yeah, and it, you flipped it, really- it. You went from the negative side of it. You know, it could have been a more negative thought to a more positive one. Yeah, no, I think it was both. So I had space for both. I had space for, I noticed I'm disappointed that I don't get to go to yoga. Okay. Right. So I didn't disregard that. Right. I certainly made note of that. And I also said, what is on the other side of that disappointment? What, what that disappointment is showing me there's something flipping it over to say, well, it's showing me something about that something important to me, you know, and whereas, so this is the difference between a projection and a reflection. A projection would be the yoga studio closed down. I'm disappointed and I blame my disappointment outside of me. I blame the governor for closing it down. I blame the yoga studio. I blah, 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 right? Right. I could release the disappointment externally, or I can utilize that feeling as a trigger for me to go inside and say, oh, what mm-hmm. am I trying to show myself with this disappointment? What I'm showing myself with this disappointment is going to yoga with other people is very meaningful to me. And that matters to me. So I make note to myself, I really value my yoga class. I really value going there. Yeah. And you looked at it as an opportunity to go within. And you had mentioned earlier before in a conversation with me about feeling lonely is another one. Okay. During isolation. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't remember. During isolation. I did, but as a projection reflection. Put that the whole idea of feeling lonely as a projection reflection. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you say to that for people that are yeah. feeling lonely? Sure, absolutely. So in, in when I think of lonely, I also think of longing. Um, and that loneliness is, you know, when when I let's say I project loneliness, I am feeling lonely because I cannot go out of my house because of this virus, because and let me go even broader, because this relationship didn't work out, right? Right. I you know, I could project that outside of me and look outside to those circumstances that made that happen. One other option for me is to say, I notice I am lonely, wonder. So this is where I invoke the line. What else could this mean? I wonder what this is showing me. And I, what, it, what it feels like to me is I feel like I go underneath it and mm-hmm. I say, oh, that is because there is a knowing within me that I would like to partner that I, I want to be with other people, right? So it's showing me something that is important to me. And I, I stay with that. I hold that. I see that under these conditions right now that I cannot go out to, you know, my yoga class and, you know, be amongst other yogis. Right. Right. And so how do I sit with a different, like, in, in this ability to know more about who I am. All of these opportunities that create pain and suffering or uncertainty, they can be viewed from below the line or they can be, from, be viewed from a more neutral position of wonder. Hmm. Okay. And, and sitting with it below the line is where we will amplify our own suffering. Hmm. That makes perfect sense. Well, thanks for sharing that. And we're going to have to take another break. So everyone stick around for more love from the hip. Did you know that your skin is your body's first defense against disease and infection? BrioTech knows and has developed their topical skin spray to enhance your skin's natural healing responses and defenses. BrioTech is all about providing its customers products that help promote skin wellness. BrioTech Topical Skin Spray is a light misting spray free of added fragrance, oil, alcohol, and parabens. All this protection without clogging your pores. 
It's a must addition to your all-around daily skincare regimen. Try Briotech, a collection of sprayers from two ounces to eight ounces. With this bundle, you can have Briotech topical skin spray wherever life takes you. All natural and safe to use from head to toe. Irritations, redness, post-procedure sensitivities? Get Briotech topical skin spray today. Learn more at BrioTechUSA.com. That's B-R-I-O-T-E-C-H-U-S-A.com. Support your skin at BrioTechUSA.com. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And again, don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and to subscribe and share my YouTube channel and podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure once again of having transpersonal psychotherapist, Dr. Kim Garland, on my show. So, Kim, it sounds like what you're saying is that the virus is actually an opportunity for self-discovery. And I, and I like that you're going there because I feel like that's what I learned through my illness. You know, what I really like is, is the music. <laughs> using Thank you. As, as the last one was, what a wonderful world. And it starts out, it's the end of the world as we know it. And what a wonderful world. I mean, what a beautiful way to bring in music. It's kind of like the, the soundtrack to your show today. Thank you. And that shows such meticulousness to um, to all of the components of what you're bringing forward. And it really makes me, you know, kind of bow to you as, as I kind of even reflect back in this moment about where we started, which was, you know, you had your own personal experience of how this really traumatic and difficult event you chose to make as an opportunity to increase your awareness of you. It's really about you. And Viktor Frankl, his own spirit experience was really about him. And I, I really bow to people who have the courage to expose their vulnerability of their journey, their tragedies, their difficulties, and, and exposing that and, and embedding in it thematically what it meant to them as meant as an inspiration to others that every single human gets to have their own unique experience, even in this virus. Mm -hmm. And it is your personal story. And that to me is the greatest human potentiality is to know that every single person matters in this world and you get to have your own journey. Mm -hmm. As though, and even though this feels like a collective experience, which it is, it is, yeah. Yeah. but it's also individual as well. Well, and, and again, when I, you know, the, the little bit of the snippet of the email that I shared with you was bringing in, in my lifetime, two significant global events, you know, especially 9-11, you know, the World Trade Center and um, Katrina, which wasn't quite as global, but it certainly was um, regional, right. you know, bringing in events that certainly affected a collective. I, my feeling is this, this is probably more global than either of those two. But even in those global events that I had my own unique experience that was going to be different than anybody else's. And but that unique experience is also showing something you know, that your, that your presence is enough, your mm -hmm. presence, your, it matters. It really, and when I think about, you know, man's search for meaning, you know, what is this thing about meaning? 
you know, it, it makes me think of Buddhism and, and it's almost the opposite, which is to not attach to meaning. And, you know, the four noble truths and the eightfold path, right? right. All of that is a very important part. It's a process, really. Right. I mean, that's what I find about Buddhism. It really is about a process. And that's what I find about the model. It is a process. It's a process of self-discovery. So, you know, we can have experts that are talking, hey, I specialize in this field. You know, I specialize in the field of human potentiality and of psychology. I specialize in that field. Somebody might specialize in the field of media, like you, for example. And yet what I don't specialize in is you. I am not the specialist of you. I could be the specialist in the discovery of you. I can offer you a process of that. I can offer you a container of that. Mm -hmm. I can offer you great humbleness and admiration to be on that journey with you, but it is you. And this whole thing that's happening is you. How are you going to be with it? Mm -hmm. Don't you think that that is the scariest part of this pandemic is that we are having to rely more on ourselves? Um, Probably not the scariest part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we're, we're always used to going outside, right? Going outside, going outside. And doctors I, I and there's know. not a lot of answers out there right now i think that, well it depends i mean i think there's a lot of answers out there. <laughs> <laughs> well you, you know, know what i mean <laughs> yeah well no i mean that's, that's actually a really good statement which is you know you and i were talking about panning for gold mine right right it's like you know there are so many voices out in the field that are going to offer you answers they're available and you can plug your life vitality and your knowing into that answer for you. And, and, and it may work and it may not, I don't know, but that's what I see as the external locus of control. It's really saying, you know, maybe there's, there's perspectives out there that resonate with you that inspire you to say, Oh, something about that really feels like someone has been able to articulate what I'm feeling, which is so powerful. Right. Like when you hear somebody say, like, maybe some people are getting in it just from this conversation, like, oh, this feels very different, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it is about an inner journey if you want to make it about that. But if you don't want to make it about that, that's okay too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here and sharing all of that today. Thank you. And I appreciate you being here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your presence. I appreciate your expertise <laughs> being the media person because I don't want to do it. <laughs> well, can you quickly share how my listeners can yes. maybe learn more about you? Yeah. So just the best way is to go to my website, which is www.kimgarlandtherapy.com. And I have the line model on there as well as many other resources on the realities tab, as well as um, how you can schedule if you want to come in and um have a conversation. Perfect. Thanks again, Kim. Thank you. And thank you to Eric, my super duper producer. You can find me at sakurasutter.com. Really love the show? Drop me a line, sakura at lovefromthehip.com. And tune in next Wednesday at 2 p.m. for another Go Beyond the Veil with my co-host Rory Reich. Keep your chin up. And as Kim said, try to go for the line. And don't forget to make self-love contagious. Go ahead. I dare ya. <laughs>